Our first reading this morning comes from the book of the prophet Isaiah, the 50th chapter. The Lord has given me the tongue of a teacher that I may know how to sustain the weary with a word. Morning by morning, he wakens, wakens my ear to listen as those who are taught. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious. I did not turn backward. I gave my back to those who struck me and my cheeks to those who pulled out the beard. I did not hide my face from insult and spitting. The Lord God helps me. Therefore, I have not been disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like flint. And I know that I shall not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us stand up together. Who are my adversaries? Let them confront me. It is the Lord God who helps me. Who will declare me guilty? People of God, let us join this morning and read responsively whole verse by whole verse from Psalm 31. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. My eye is consumed with sorrow and also my throat and my belly. For my life is wasted with grief and my years with sighing. My strength fails me because of affliction and my bones are consumed. I am the scorn of all my enemies, a disgrace to my neighbors, a dismay to my acquaintances. When they see me in the streets, they avoid me. Like the dead, I am forgotten, out of mind. I am as useless as a broken pot. For I have heard the whispering of the crowd. Fear is all around. They put their heads together against me. They plot to take my life. But as for me, I have trusted in you, O Lord. I have said, you are my God. My times are in your hand. Rescue me from the hand of my enemies and from those who persecute me. Let your face shine upon your servant. Save me in your steadfast love. Our second reading this morning comes from Paul's letter to the Philippians, the second chapter. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking on the form of a slave, being born in human likeness and being found in human form. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Holy Gospel this morning, according to St. Mark, the 11th chapter. 
Glory to you, O Lord. When they were approaching Jerusalem at Bethpage and Bethany near the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Just say this. The Lord needs it and will send it back here immediately. They went away and found a colt tied near a door outside in the street. As they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to them, What are you doing untying the colt? They told them what Jesus had said, and they allowed them to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat upon it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Then Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. People of God, will you pray with me? Give us, O Lord, the tongue of a teacher. Open our ears to hear as those who are taught. Give us the same mind that was in Christ Jesus. Bend our knees in prayer and in worship. That by our tongues and by our ears and by every ounce of energy in our body, we may confess that Jesus is Lord. To your glory, O God. Strengthen us through this holy week to follow as Jesus leads us. Guide us by the Spirit and this word which you have given, that in all things we may rest in the promise of your resurrection dawn. All these things and all the things of our hearts, we live before you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So you wake up one morning and you look out the window and you see someone opening the door to your brand new car. And the first thing that you think is, someone's trying to steal my car. You walk out to confront them and ask what they're doing. And the only thing that they say is, the Lord needs this. Now you're not only thinking that someone is trying to steal your brand new car, but you're a little flustered that they have the nerve to say that God told them to do it. We would be calling the police so fast. And yet you look at the people of Bethpage and Bethany And they make much less of a fuss when the disciples come to untie a colt for Jesus. 
congregation where I was raised in North Carolina is called Bethpage. And I remember for its uh, 150th anniversary, a former pastor who was invited back to preach, uh, preached on this text and remarked about the willingness of the people to freely give of the cult purely because the Lord has need of it. A few years ago, when Pastor Jenny and I were in Israel, we stopped at a Franciscan church in Bethpage, which hosts an annual walk on Palm Sunday from the chapel there toward Jerusalem in celebration of Jesus' triumphal entry. And I bring those two things up because Jesus, who to this point has walked everywhere that he has gone when they weren't on a boat, didn't really need to ride a colt on this short little hike into the holy city. Yet, as Jesus said, there was a need for it. We just have to be a little patient to understand what that need might be. Jesus is on a mission, and it is the exact same mission that He began back when he was baptized by John in the Jordan, proclaiming the good news of God's kingdom come into the world, bringing healing, wholeness and reconciliation to the world through his very presence in it. It is a mission meant to send a message, both by word of mouth and by profound Intentional action. Now, as he is uh, entering into Jerusalem with his disciples and they make their way into this holy city to celebrate the upcoming Passover, Jesus' focus on that mission is just as determined as it was when he first began. There's a lot in this particular account of Jesus' triumphal entry that tells us of his great determination. There's a lot of messages that Jesus is trying to convey to us through his words and his actions. One of those messages is the borrowed colt itself. It's a young animal, not trained, which is why it needs to be tied, which also tells us that it belonged to someone. It's tied next to the door, which may lead us to think that the owner was about ready to take the colt out and try to break it, to train it so that it could do its work. But it's not even the owner who gives the disciples permission. And Jesus never even told them to ask for it. That Jesus required this young, unbroken animal For his entry into Jerusalem harkens back to a prophecy proclaimed by Zechariah. And everyone in the surrounding area knows it by heart. Jesus is sending a deliberate message that God's anointed king has arrived. And the people welcome him as such. Jerusalem is a hot mess, as Jesus calls for this cult. 
like New York City before New Year's Eve or Boston before its annual marathon, the energy and the excitement the pilgrim crowds share in this day is mirrored by the heightened anxiety and visibly armed security put prominently on display. We remember that Passover is the festival commemorating God's liberation of Israel from a foreign imperial power. And the atmosphere is primed for revolt. Imperial Rome will leave nothing to chance, setting the scene for what we know comes later in this holy week. All the while, Jesus, aware of all of this, sends the message that the king is here. A deliberate act of treason for which we join the crowd's joyous welcome, leaping all glory, laud, and honor upon our Redeemer King. The cult sends the message, not only that the King is here, but the kind of King that Jesus has come to be. A King who comes to serve. A beast of burden, Jesus chooses a young colt instead of a fine stallion, Not just to fulfill a prophecy, but to communicate to God's people the kind of kingdom that has come into the world. Jesus' reign is a new thing for us. Intent on bearing the burdens of those who have need. Serving communities near and far by a committed, almost stubborn dedication to the task at hand. Jesus does not ride a war horse, but instead enters the royal city as a servant king, fiercely determined to bring about God's reign of mercy and forgiveness to all who have need of it, even those determined to see him hang on a cross. The crowds cry, Hosanna, and Hosanna means Save us. The song that this crowd chants was used each year to welcome all pilgrims who come to Jerusalem for the Passover. Blessing those who travel in the name of the Lord and remembering the work of God when he brought the people out of Egypt. Trusting that the God who has done this great work in the past can will, and is doing that same work now. The crowd is hopeful, no doubt, that someone coming to this holy city might be God's anointed. And Jesus fits the bill in ways that they couldn't even imagine. So Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem isn't so much about him coming into the city itself or even into the temple as a physical location. It's about God being in the presence of God's people. People who need to be saved. People who who need to be stirred up from from our laziness, people who need to to let go of the cults that we have tied up for ourselves. 
so that God might use our gifts to send the message of good news and liberation to those who cry out for it. That's exactly what the people are doing as they welcome Jesus into Jerusalem. Save us, save us, Lord, in the highest. And Jesus has already done a lot of saving. He has saved people from blindness and leprosy, paralysis and deafness. Jesus has saved his disciples and himself from the storm and the sea, from the crowds that attempted to kill him and the crafty attempt of Sadducees and Pharisees who tried to trap him in some kind of heresy. Jesus has saved people from their hunger and their thirst, and he has even raised the dead back to life. Jesus has already saved in many, many ways. And yet on this day, with everything going on around him, he still knows that there is more to be done. And so he calls for a colt and rides in to do his servant work. Jesus is determined to make that message abundantly clear to those he will encounter in this coming week. And unwilling to hear it, his words will be used against him as he is betrayed tried, crucified, and buried. All of this began long before Bethpage and Bethany, long before the colt was ever tied to a post. But today, in this moment, we look forward to the promise of Easter, knowing that Jesus has passed through here along the way and had need of an unbroken colt. Borrowed from a stranger. And so what in your life today? Can it be said the Lord has need of this? What needs to be untied and put to work for Jesus so that the cries of Hosanna, which ring out in and around us, might yield God's salvation, wholeness and welcome the coming of our King. How might God be calling you to participate in spreading this message of good news with those who long to hear it? What are we so afraid of losing that we skeptically refuse to enter into the service that Jesus is so determined to share with us? Even to the point of death, When Jesus enters into the temple and takes inventory of all that is happening there, surveying the center of his opposition for the upcoming week, he abruptly leaves and takes his disciples back to Bethany near where his triumphal entry into Jerusalem began. We can hope and pray that they went back to return the colt just as he told them he would. Even though Mark doesn't give us that detail. But I think we can learn from that, too. That when we do let go of those things to which we cling so tightly. 
and offer them up in service to God. They will return to us better than before. The colt which had never been ridden, which needed to be broken and bridled and trained for the work in the field, now returns to its owner prepared and ready for the kingdom work to come. So again, I ask, what are those things in your life today of which it can be said, the Lord has need of it? God has blessed each and every one of us with the gifts to serve in God's kingdom and invites us to share them at this moment's notice with a stranger who comes in the name of the Lord. Our king has come and invites us to join him in serving those who cry out for God's long-awaited salvation. Turn loose of the skeptic eye. Untie the possessions you keep guarded for safekeeping. And send them out into the world that God might use them to make this world new. Trusting that God will use them for God's own glory. Let us offer ourselves to God and to one another this and every day. Trusting in the blessed one who comes in the name of the Lord, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Amen.